turned me into a dog. Can you believe this? And you're invited too! Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Saturday Morning Obscurities, the show where we look back on shows you feel like only you remember. I'm your co-host and brother, Jams. I'm your co-host and sister, Melissa. And welcome to another episode of the show. Thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode. It's been a little bit since we've recorded uh, personally. I think it's been about three or four weeks, something like that. But uh, the the long and short of it is that uh, someone hit my parked car and it's just been a headache of mm-hmm. insurance and, and trying to nail down the driver, uh, not having enough nails and then trying to find the hammer. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's been stressful and, and, and all that. So this recording is, is was a little late. Uh, the episode that's supposed to come out at the time of this was recording is a little late, so... We should be back on schedule pretty soon. Thank you guys for standing by. Thank you. Thank you. But anyway, this is the first episode of June, and June is Pride Month. Uh, I am a part of Pride, and I, re- I love celebrating Pride. I'm a gray romantic pansexual, and I thought we'd pick uh, a couple like Pride, uh, you know, queer, safe uh, shows for this month. So today, we're going to be talking about the 1999 show Cyber Six, but before we get into that, we have our first segment of the show, What's New Scooby-Doo, where we talk about any new media we've been enjoying lately. Mel, what's new Scooby-Doo with you? I have been re-watching Fringe. Did you ever watch Fringe Ooh. when it was on? I think I watched a couple episodes with you, but I not enough to know what the plot was. Oh, Okay. French came out in 2009. This was a uh, a crime show, a supernatural, a, a sci-fi mm. crime show on Fox. Not supernatural. No ghosts, no, no monsters, except for those that science has wrought. It's uh, <laughs> entirely about French science. Things like uh, uh. teleportation, alternate dimensions, genetic mutations, t- time travel, ESP, all that. You've got an FBI agent who needs to team up with this eccentric scientist who has been in a mental institution because uh, he has the knowledge, you know, th- this crime mm-hmm. she's solving. It was based off his old studies. So she has to track down his, like, a estranged adult con man son to be like, look, we know you haven't talked to your dad in 17 years, but we need him. Uh, and then mm-hmm. they just form an, a little crime-solving family unit. They're in a lab with a cow. <laughs> <laughs> What's the cow's name? Gene. Gene. Love it. This this sounds it's, very X-Files. It is. It's very X-Files. It's very much in that vein. Uh, we've been watching every season of it for my other podcast, The Review Show, where normally we talk about one individual thing every week, so we might only tackle season one of a show, but... We have the special ongoing series once a month. We will finish something all the way to the end. So I'm almost done with season two of Fringe now. And I'm having a great time. It's <laughs> good. a really strong show for character interactions and character development. Like it's got a fairly small cast. And the, the sci-fi mysteries are cool. It's, it's, it's an aesthetically pleasing, well-constructed show. But like it, it just the relationship map at the core of it, that's its strength. Nice. 
Yeah, I when you say fringe, I can vividly picture the older male actor of the trio. Yes, but, th- but that's it. That's- yes, uh, D- D- Denethor from the Lord of the Rings movie, Return of the King. That is him, it's John Noble. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's good. How many? How much more of it do you have left? Uh, it's five seasons. Five seasons, they're like 20 episodes-ish long. Uh, and it's the first time in a while I've gone back and watched a like network procedural drama of this length. And it's kind of mm-hmm. fun to like break out of the mold I've been in of these streaming or, or limited series shows that are like 8, 10, 12 episode seasons. Uh, it's nice to go back to something that is this sprawling and episodic. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you guys know what you're going to be doing next after Fringe? Oh, no, we haven't decided it that far out yet. In a couple months, we will know. Does it? I mean, Fringe is five seasons. That's a lot. You said you do this monthly? Yeah, yeah. Every week we talk about something new, and then we reserve the last week of the month for we're going to circle back to this ongoing thing. And mostly it's been TV shows we've covered, but sometimes we have done um, comic or manga series where at the end of the month we'll read like four volumes of that. And then the next month we'll read like the next four until we finish everything. Gotcha. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I have, speaking of going back and rewatching old TV shows, you know what I really, really wanted to watch last night? Ooh. Do, do you want me to guess? Is it Psych? Oh, it's not Psych. I do love me some Psych, though. Uh, I was thinking about rewatching The Tenth Kingdom. <laughs> yes, I recommend. Positive yeah. experience. I was thinking about it because uh, Morphin Grid is doing Mystic Forests, and I'm like, you know, I could really go for some uh, regular urban people in, in high fantasy worlds. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was planning on on watching it. I got all ready for it, and then I remembered how long the episodes were. And I looked at it, and it said ninety minutes for episode one. Yes, and I'm like, I it's nine p.m. I can't start. This. <laughs> yeah, the Tenth Kingdom was a, a TV miniseries that aired on like CBS in the year two thousand mm-hmm. that we remember very fondly, and I feel like most people have not heard. Of. I have a vivid memory of going to uh, one of dad's friend's houses when we were kids and I think watching an episode of it uh, either like as it was airing or on VHS. And I remember that they had a little VHS rewinder that was shaped like a car. This is a vivid memory I have. Uh, Wow. I don't remember that. I remember having some family party at Aunt Kate's house and we brought like uh, she had like a some room with a TV in it, some little office room, and it's like okay, the kids mm-hmm. can go play in there. And our parents let us bring like a bag of VHS tapes that we could watch. <laughs> and I brought that one, knowing full well that this was like ten hours of entertainment that were stuffed in very low quality onto a single VHS tape. But I was still like, gotta bring it with me. Tenth Kingdom's always <laughs> in the running. I will watch the first forty minutes of this only. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, I that is so like us to bring VHS tapes <laughs> to like a family party. Like I understand oh, we're here we to went. like yes, I understand we're here to like see family and like reconnect. But like I brought Good Burger 
<laughs> and here's Fievel Goes West. What if we do this instead? Right. It's so many family events where I brought it a tape of three random episodes of Pokemon. I remember this exactly. specifically. So many relatives' houses I turned into a Pokemon space. <laughs> against their will. Against their wishes. <laughs> but by our design. Uh, that's wonderful. And now we've we've done that to uh, all of the audience. Yes. Hey, I, I see you have like a nice podcatcher here. Wouldn't it be a shame if we just brought a bunch of old VHSs of old TV shows? <laughs> this is just for us. This isn't for you. Yeah. This is for us to remember <laughs> you're welcome to join you're welcome to join and you always are uh but yeah i i ended up not watching 10th kingdom i will probably try and start it tonight if we end this recording before too long um but i did watch uh there's a new uh anime movie on netflix called bubble uh-huh. and a couple months ago i was ranting about bell uh moro hasada's bell which is in beauty and the beast in a big vr vr world Ooh. Uh, Bubble is the Little Mermaid with parkour. Wow! Yeah. Uh, and I highly recommend it. It's visually very beautiful, and the uh, the parkour is very well animated. What a combination. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll I'll recommend that for my for my what's new. But yeah. Let's uh let's talk about Cyber Six, shall we? Yes. I had never heard of this before you brought it up. Really? Well, I guess it did only get syndicated in, like, America, like, very loosely. Uh, it is mainly uh, from Canada and Japan. Uh, a little bit of history. This is based on uh, a comic by Carlos Trillo and Carlos Maguila from who are from Argentina. It was published in Italy, uh, and then it has several translations and several collections in, like, Italy... Uh, Japan and um, France and, and Spanish, uh, but we didn't ever get like an like an official English translation. Uh, so a lot of there's a lot of fan translations out there that you, you can find online, but this uh, was originally written a long time ago. Well, not a long time ago. Hold on, I'll give you the exact year. This was originally published in 1981. They tried to make a live action TV series in 95 i think and i watched a little bit of it uh when we uh when we were getting ready and i'll I'll talk about that a little bit later uh but yeah this in the in the history of like queer tv there are a lot of like outliers this Mm -hmm. isn't a major one but it is one that i wanted to look back at and kind of explore because uh the main gimmick is that this follows a, a, a female hero at night and a, a male hero during the day. Cyber mm-hmm. Six is the name of this. Uh, it's kind of vague, like this like experiment, this creation from the scientist called Von Richter. Uh, and Cyber Six at night takes the form of a, a girl in like tight leather and like a big old mm-hmm. witch hat and a big cape. Yeah. Uh, very cool outfit. And I love throughout the, watching the show, sometimes you would hear squeaking just to remind you this is leather. <laughs> yeah, she's clad in full vinyl. Picture Trinity from The Matrix, but oh, yeah. with like a witch hat and a Dracula cape. And this is Cyber Six. Yeah, absolutely. And like a big pompadour of hair. Wonderful. And yeah, during the day, uh, they take uh, the form of Adrian, 
who is just like your everyday literature teacher at this high mm. school. Uh, and the town is uh, Meridiana, I believe. And yeah, so it's was kind of the first uh, hero that a lot of people could look up to and be like, I this gives me gender euphoria, this person. Mm-hmm. Uh at the time, it was called uh, cross-dressing. I don't know if that's still the best term for it. That may be mm-hmm. a term that a lot of people still today enjoy, like enjoy and prefer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, it's it's just it's just dressing to me. You yeah. dress how yeah. you want. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for a lot of like non-binary people, like uh, you know, gender fluid, agender. I'm sure this was a, like very good and uh, very reaffirming. For a lot of people, mm-hmm. so, this was kind of something I wanted to take a look at, and it, and you know, it was like it's very. I did really like these characters, and they they do feel like yeah. one, and sometimes they feel like two. Yeah, I I was I looked up some of the context of the comic book, and mm-hmm. in the comic book, it was based off of Cyber Six was this female. I believe biological, you know, they, they, she's not like an android. Yeah. She, she may have robotic things about her. I believe she, she's a person, a cyborg, maybe. Who she does from spark. This... Yeah. <laughs> but she, she escapes from the science lab when she's very young and finds like a car crash that killed this family with a young boy who's the same age as her. And she's like, I will take this boy's identity. And this is why I am... A- Mr. Adrian Seidelman literature teacher by day and Cyber Six by night. But in the episodes we watched, wow. that that setup isn't there. Yeah, d- d- There's not a clear no, explanation yeah. to why uh, th- this person has one identity during the day and one at night. It's never clearly explained that one is a, a disguise or that this person prefers either identity. When I was mm-hmm. taking my notes, I just used the he or she pronouns of whatever presentation of the character we were seeing on screen at the moment. That's what they were using in the show. So that's why I reflected whenever they were talking about, uh, Adrian Lucas would use he, and then if they're talking Mm. about cyber six, they would use she. Yeah. Yeah. This does seem like a person who doesn't necessarily angst about this, this dual identity uh, that they they have. I think there's some angst about, uh, Adrian Seidelman, the teacher, has like a fellow male teacher that there's something going on with, and there's sort of this like <laughs> we'll, get... <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's the only angst in there. Otherwise, Cyber Six slash Mister Adrian Seidelman, literature teacher, seems like a very well-rounded individual. Yeah, if it weren't for the people in their life, they would probably be happy with the identities that they portray. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Time for facts. Facts. Uh, this name of the show is Cyber Six. One word, six spell- spelled out. It was, like I said, created by Carlos Trillo and Carlos Maguila. There were 13 episodes. We watched this on YouTube. I could only find like up to like six episodes on YouTube. You might be able to find more uh, internationally, but that's all I could find. It was released in 1999. Country of origin, if you're talking about the comic, it'd be Argentina and Italy. Uh, but the, for the cartoon, it is Canada and Japan. Production companies very... were in... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's a, it is a very interesting cultural mix behind this show. 
Yeah, there's there's a lot of like it pulls from a lot of different worlds, and I like that. Mm-hmm. And the town that they're in feels uh, approximately French, but is, is you're n- you're not sure. Yeah. Could be anywhere around the world. It is, yeah. It's seaside. It's like mountain port. It's like got like a seaside when it needs it, and it's got a mountain view in the background when it needs it. Uh huh. But yeah, it could be it could be European in some way. Um, production company is Nino is NOA and TMS Entertainment. Original channel is Teletoon in Canada and Kid Station in Japan. Uh, adaptations, like I said, based on the comic. Uh, the live action episodes were pretty good. I the live action show was uh, only sh- was short run. It only lasted about three episodes before they started like losing interest, and they were like forty minute long episodes. I watched a huh. little bit of it. Uh, she does get a big hat, and she does have Go like uh, like latex like leather on. Uh, but yeah, they they really like changed up the characters. It's more adult. Uh, mm. like there, there's a lot more like lingering, like, uh, like lewd shots and stuff. And they, they did make Cyber 6 Japanese in this, uh, Argentinian mm. show. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Like, uh, Lucas is a lot younger. He's, he's, he's more like a, like a Milo Ventimiglia kind of, kind of, kind of actor. And uh, it's interesting. I'll, I'll send it to you later, and I'll put it in the show notes. And then uh, popular voice actors. For the voice of Adrian slash Cyber6, we have uh, Kathy uh, Westluck, who you would know as Spike from My Little Pony. Oh! Yeah. Very well known. And then the voice of Lucas is Michael Dobson, who we would know as the voice of Rick from Obon Star Racers. Ah! But yeah, Michael Dobson is is a definitely like a big character actor. You'll probably recognize him from a lot of stuff. Yeah, those are the big names. And yeah, let's uh let's watch the intro, shall we? Mm-hmm. The intro is about a minute long. It's it's very lovely, I'll just say. Uh, but it'll play under us as a bed, and I'm gonna hit play in three, two, one, play. We see Cyber Six. Long, long cave, just leaping across beautiful European rooftops. Yeah. And this is the voice of Coral Egan, or Egan. Mm. And beautiful European breakfast. I'll get, I gotta, I have words about that breakfast. <laughs> cave so big. Cyber Six is fighting these uh, these ghoul goons. Yeah. Oh, I just realized those gargoyles look like the big bad. They have the big bad's face. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All of his creations are just derivations of himself. Thank you. Opening credits for mumbling the name of the show at us at the very end. Yeah, it does do that. So the name of the song is Deep in My Heart by Coral Egan, uh, E-G-A-N. And it's it's a lovely ballad. It's a lovely song. Mm -hmm. And yeah, at the very end, when the title flashes up, they just go, Cyber Six. (laughs) Like it's it's hardly audible. I'll play it just for us. Uh, 
Like, I don't think they even finished the word six. It's just... <laughs> we have to whisper it like a secret. This is Werenberg we're talking about. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about this show, shall we? Um, yes. This art style. What did you What did uh-huh. you think about this art style? I It's got so many rectangles in it. Every yeah. shape that you would expect to terminate in a point terminates in a rectangular shape. Yeah, including hair on people's arms and heads. Yes. Yeah. Like Lucas, uh, who we'll meet in a sec, instead of showing he has hairy arms, he just has arms with a lot of rectangles on them. <laughs> right. It's like his arm has sprinkles. <laughs> There's this reminds me of something. There was some other cartoon in the nineties that kind of looked like this. I'm trying to Google things to find out what it is. It's not bonkers. Uh is it, is it Eon bonkers? Flux? It's not bonkers. I already checked. It's kind of Eon Flux. Not as many rectangles, though. It's Eon Flux with, like, the the hair and the costume design, sort of. I don't know. If you recognize why Cyber 6 feels familiar to us, please let us know. Eon Flux. Yes. Yeah, I I pulled up. It's a lot more very, a little bit too womanizing. Uh, Like, that's... That's that's a little bit much. Um, there's actually, by the way, uh, there was a lawsuit that took place. There was controversy with James Cameron's show Dark Angel that said oh! uh, that it pretty much plagiarized a majority of uh, Cyber Six, and they couldn't finish the case because they couldn't fund uh, the the lawsuit anymore. So it got dropped, mm. but it's still like a big matter of controversy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was something that got drawn from a lot. Yeah, they are the art's very rectangular. The, it doesn't quite translate to like nowadays like digital uh, visuals because it looks yeah. like it would have looked better on a CRT. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I look at this and I don't know how this would look in three dimensions. Like a late '90s 2D cartoon is exactly the way this was meant to be seen. Absolutely. Yeah, but yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about episode one. Uh huh. Episode one is called "Mysterious Shadow." Yeah, I kind of really filled out my notes because it's been a while since I took notes. So let me know if I'm going too detailed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we open up. It's late at night in it seems like a not exactly Gotham City. Uh uh-huh. Like like one of those Batman establishing shots. And we see a guy get in his car only to get snatched by this monstrous man. These big, like, these are like the big minions of the show. And they're they're called mutants. And they're also called something else. But uh, Oh, I looked this up in the notes. Yes, because they just mm. keep calling them goons. Uh, they go- are called fixed ideas. Yeah, she says that in like t- in the in the other episode we watched, and I'm like, that's so interesting. Why wouldn't you lead <laughs> with that? Yeah, but yeah, that's a great name for a minion. I, be, I either called them mooks or big guiles because they look like guiles. yeah, yeah. They're big um, triangle men. They're kind of green, uh, vaguely Frankenstein-y. Men. No, you know, like like a man who's shaped like a triangle with legs. I, I think they're more shaped like the thumbs from Spy Kids. Oh, that makes sense. Yes, yes, I understand. Yes, 
But yeah, they're 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 big and beefy boys, and they're you know not not very smart. Uh, the way they depict minions in this is great because they're just like a spot like a spot of black on the face or the whole face, and mm-hmm. it's got like yellow or orange eyes, and that's how that you depict it was created by this big bad, and I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I also like that all of them look a little different. Like, they've all got the same yeah. build, but, like, their hair will be different. They're wearing different clothes. Yeah. They're just, they're just I can't tell one of them apart, but I like that... I, I can't tell them apart, but I do like that visually they are separate, even if they don't have distinct personalities at all. Just, like, one of them's wearing a jacket and one of them isn't. Yeah, and they do call each other brother. So, that, yeah. is, that is very fun. Um. Yeah, so while this man is getting snatched, Cyber Six is jumping rooftops. At this point, I was writing her name as Cyber Six, fully expecting that not to be her name. Like, I was, no, it- <laughs> I, I was waiting for, like, a much more dramatic, like, hero-sounding name. And then by the end of the episode, I'm like, oh, wow, her name really is Cyber Six. Yeah, she didn't She didn't invite invent another identity for herself outside of Adrian Seidelman. Yeah, yeah, I just got C6 and Mr. S in my notes here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, she's jumping rooftops. She sees another uh, big mook chasing a different car, and the driver stops to check out a car and gets like smashed uh, by his car. Gets smashed by another big mook, and Cyber Six hears this scream and goes and find the scene abandoned. And then we see uh, those guys take their their kidnapped men to the docks. Uh, and then Cyber Sox, Cyber Sox, Cyber Six <laughs> watches from above. And then we cut to the next day at school. And we mm-hmm. meet Lucas. Yes! Lucas, first off, it took me several tries to hear his name. I thought it was Luke. And then I called him Lucky for like half an episode. <laughs> uh, but no, his name is Lucas. He teaches yeah. like physics or something. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's like a science or math teacher or something. Yeah. But yeah, he is like the direct opposite body type to yes. Cyber Six. He is big and like square shouldered, square jawed, like uh, a big, lovable, nice guy. Uh, yes. He's so sweet to Adrian. Adrian is a brand new teacher who was being walked down the hall by the principal and like mm. shown to his class. Uh, in opposite to. Uh, to cyber six adrian is just kind of like very well kept he's got the glasses on it's got like suspenders and like a tie and instead of having the hair like pushed down it's like combed back and up yeah yeah adrian's got milo thatch vibes like him and milo thatch are probably buddies they study at a library together they go buy suspenders together and I love seeing Adrian and Lucas together because they are like these archetypical portraits of nerd and and jock who would tease nerd. But no, immediately Lucas takes Adrian under his wing, wants to be best friends with Adrian. Yeah, he immediately like invites him out for a drink, like first thing. Mm. Like, hey, welcome, welcome to the school. Can I buy you a drink? And he's, I just love Lucas so much. Uh huh. But yeah. Anyway, oh yeah, they're watching. Uh, he's Lucas is showing his class like a slideshow of embryos, and then they open uh-huh. to like a slide of like a skinny boxer, 
and the students are laughing, and he looks over, and he's like, oh, how'd that get in there? But it doesn't look like him, and I don't understand the joke. (laughs) (laughs) This is like one of those back of the comic book ads. Like, do you want to be buff? Do you want to kick sand in a bully's face? Buy this magic treatment. Also, it gives you x-ray vision. It does everything. (laughs) Do you want to go from boxer into walkser? This is how you do it. (laughs) Uh, so later we see Adrian teaching a class. He's kind of like walking around, holding a book and reading aloud. And there's this girl named Lori who is, Lori is the like red haired, uh, kind of girl who's in with the punk crowd. And uh-huh. she is like a huge crush on this new teacher already. Mm-hmm. And she hands him like a love note that says, I think I love you. And he just kind of <laughs> like slaps it back down on a table. And then like, this is day of- one. This is day one. <laughs> and a bunch of like characters like lean into frame when that happens. And you can hear visibly, visibly, audibly ADR'd line like, oh, he can't do that. We get <laughs> and then later, Lucas sees a bunch of teenagers like in a, in a rough crowd walking out of school. And they're like, gotta, gotta teach them a lesson. Like, all, <laughs> all things that the characters aren't mouthing, but you can tell it's an ADR line. Uh-huh. We yeah. we need additional, we need Foley, we need background noise that isn't just French music. <laughs> exactly. The music uh, is the main clue to tell you they're probably in France. I didn't pick up on that as much. It is very nice music, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, is, this isn't France, though. This is Meridian, Indiana, or whatever. Meridian. It, it, oh, not Meridian, comma, Indiana. No, it's, it's a fused <laughs> word of Meridian and Indiana. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, uh, it's it's after school, and Adrian is walking down the street reading a book, and he bumps into one of the students, and he's like, oh, excuse me, sorry. And the kids, I could not understand what they were saying. Like, uh-huh. I, I was watching this, like, in, like, downtime at work with my headphones on, and I had to rewind it several times, and I, I, I could not understand. I'm pretty sure that he bumps into an alley... And one of the kids says, you're in ground zero, Romeo man. (laughs) (laughs) See, all I wrote down was a street gang with exciting hair across Mr. Ass on his way home. Yeah. I think at one point, one of them says Bing Bango. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) maybe I'm not supposed to understand these kids. Bingo, bango, ha, ta, ta. (laughs) Bingo, bongo. And uh, they have him cornered, and then, uh, yeah, the, Lucas walks up and scares them off, and he invites him to grab a drink. This is when they're at the restaurant. Yeah, he, he asks Adrian where he's from. Well, he says, you're not from the city, are you? And he just says, uh, it's a small village. Yeah, he, he, like, makes something up. I have to find this scene. Hold on. Because I have opinions about this restaurant. <laughs> Sometimes we're also a culinary review podcast only for animated food. Only for animated food. Absolutely. Oh, it's not. Maybe it's when they leave. Okay. So here on the table, we see that they've got two cups of coffee, one tiny little pitcher of cream, a salt and pepper shaker, one of those like diner things of sugar and a Tabasco. This diner thing of sugar looks like a baby bottle. It's got like a baby bottle top. It 
it does have a strange topper on it. Uh, but this isn't the scene I was talking about. I must be thinking of okay. a scene maybe later in the episode where they're eating a lot of food. Uh, but I'll talk about that later, I guess. Yes. Um, but yeah, him and Lucas talk about the no, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's Lori. You'll get used to him. Uh, and then, yeah, Adrian leaves when he sees an article about the man disappearing. Right. Yes. And according to this newspaper Adrian's reading, it is a, a printer and engraver uh, of money who, who has oh. been kidnapped. This was this old man at the beginning. I didn't get that. That's cool. Later that night, C6 uh, continues to just jump and leap around rooftops uh, in a way that I'm not sure if this is a literal portrayal of her powers or if this is just cartoonish exaggeration that she can jump across like three rooftops at once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, one of those fixed ideas is fighting with Cyber Six and Lucas sees this fight happen and shows up just seeing like somebody in peril. I am Lucas. I am lawful good. I must help. <laughs> and Cyber Thanks. Six is like, hmm? big himbo yes absolutely just look him up in the dictionary uh and cyber six sees lucas after this fight and says you stay away and lucas yeah. is like who are you which is the continuing conflict of the show that lucas has uh sees cyber six fighting crime and wants to help her like wants to make yeah. sure she's okay every single time in in every episode every episode it's him being like well, I know you're like a superhero, but I need I need to help. Like you look like yeah. you can use help. Doesn't matter. I'm here to help. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> and I love that about him because he'll he'll like jump in to help and get like a couple good like sh- like punches in on a baddie and then get completely knocked out or almost like knocked off a building. And uh-huh. I'm like, I like he's so pure for yes. rushing in it's every like- time, regardless of how it's, it's like- going to turn out. Yeah, you're you're so big and buff, but you also are a high school science teacher. Like you don't have real battle training. Yeah. <laughs> the fixed idea that Cyber Six has defeated like evaporates and just leaves behind its clothes and shoes. And um, what yes. it leaves there is this vial of like growing green green liquid. Um, and I, I I guess Lucas takes it home or like mm-hmm. uh, sneaks it away before Cyber Six grabs it. Uh, he takes it home to his office. He opens it up. It like drips on his desk. And he's like, oh, no, it's acid. I'll put it back in my desk drawer <laughs> where acid goes. I'll keep I'm that a for science later when teacher. I need acid. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and Cyber Six appears at his window and she's like, can I have that back, please? Yeah, I need that. And then one of the f- another fixed ideal shows up at Lucas's apartment. And Lucas like puts up fisticuffs. Like, he's like, I'm going to box whatever this is. Yeah. And he'd do it. He's about to. Uh-huh. And, and the fixed idea says to Cyber Six, you kill brother. You kill brother. And he goes to kill. And there's a big fight between the three of them. Uh, they all fall out oh, the window. Yeah. And then this, Cyber this Six kicks yeah, go Lucas <laughs> back up through his window. Yeah. Lucas and uh, the fixed idea fall out first because he like knocked knocked it out. And then Cyber Six dives after him, like it falls further than him and kicks him straight up and back. Yes. <laughs> he does an arc back into the window. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't just go up and grab the ledge. He goes right back in that room. Uh, 
Uh, but yeah, the what what are they called? What idea? Fixed ideas. Weird. What do you think that means? Oh, I wonder if that's like like the this villain like created them to do exactly only one thing. Like they're just there to fight. They they lack mm. any capability to grow. Maybe that's a larger commentary on how evil in the world is just a lack of considering how uh, and changing and growing. Interesting. Anyway, <laughs> a fixed idea uh, grabs Cyber Six, drags them down, and they both like fall on a railing on their side, and they're like, ah! And the big guy melts, and Cyber Six grabs the vial out of his clothes and like chugs it, and like it's implied that like this is what she needs to like continue like thriving and being alive yeah. outside of this like laboratory she was from. Right. Adrian can eat a croissant. Cyber Six needs to drink a green vial. Yeah. I think she still eats. Like, I know Adrian <laughs> eats in a couple scenes. Uh, but yeah, it's weird that they turn into a already contained goop. I understand a villain turning into goop at the end. Believe me. Uh-huh. But it is weird that they go from being a whole person to, like, a little bottle. <laughs> yeah. That's all the... It's just... That's all it contains down to, a very, very dense liquid. Yeah. But yeah, meanwhile at the warehouse, a bunch of kidnapped men are, are you know, made to counter- counterfeit money on their printer press. And uh, there's a different mook here who is, like, lanky and more like just, like, a regular person, but with the same, like, orange eyes and, like, black mark on their face. And uh-huh. they're on, like, a video call with this boss. And this boss, this is implied <laughs> to be, like... The big bad, like the shadowy guy yeah. in the in the video. And he, he has a big cylindrical head and he <laughs> has an incredible pointed nose, like almost the same length as it took to get to that nose, like out. <laughs> and he has a huge, like swoopy, like bangs, like dib. Yes. And he's, yes. And Thank you for bringing up dib. Yeah. Yeah. This is a big someone's took dib and squeezed his head into a tube. <laughs> But forgot yeah. the nose. Uh, and this is... We never get his name, so I'm just going to say it. Uh, this is Von Rector, who is uh, a Nazi. He's a Nazi scientist. And they're talking about Cyber Six and needing help. Uh, and he says, I'll send Jose. And Jose is his son? He's like a more traditional version of Dib. Like small, yes. head, <laughs> same swoop. Yeah. He's got big glasses and he's got like an undercut in that like where the undercut is, is more of those big rectangles. Uh, yeah, more s- hair sprinkles. Exactly. Uh, and this is his son. And the son is pretty much the lieutenant for the whole show. He's the one making yeah. the orders and calling for advice from the big boss. Which is interesting. I like that it's... Uh... <laughs> He's like, oh, I'll have my son do it. And it's not just nepotism. His son is like a legit actual threat who knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's and like I think a it's smart not... kid. Yeah, and, it, and not a good kid by any means. But no. it is entertaining to see this like tiny boy in adult clothes boss around these giant goons. And I think I read that he's not like a son, but he's just a young clone of this evil scientist. Oh, that makes more sense. It's It seemed like he would be something... That he was created and not he has like a mom or anything. Mm-hmm. He seems momless, this kid. 
Uh, yeah, if only there was a mom. Maybe things would be better. Yeah. Oh, this is the scene. So this is, we, we open on Lucas and Adrian having, having breakfast. And Lucas explains his, his previous night, like, you'll never believe this. There was this, this crazy uh, Trinity witch with a big hat. And a monster, and I got this green vial to keep. She said I could have it. Uh, <laughs> and Adrian tells him to, like, put it away and, like, gets up and walks out. Again, mm. he's done this twice now. And <laughs> it's two breakfasts in a row. It's going to storm away. This this is the scene that I am going to okay. jump to. While you scrub to this point in the video, talking about the... The, the goons becoming liquid and then cyber six drinks them like hit some memory in my head. Like I swear we've talked about this before D- reducing your enemies to liquid form and then drinking them. Uh, oh, <laughs> we must have. We, talk- yeah. we talked about this in episode 29 when Jake Mason was on here to talk about Sonic underground. I forget the exact context of what was happening, but part of the episode description is we talk about vaporizing your enemies and then inhaling them. <laughs> I I don't remember what context we could have had. All right, where's the top shot of this? There it is. Oh my god! Look how much food is on this table. Okay. Okay. And I bu- okay. we we okay. All right, you go for it. I'm sure you okay. know exactly. You have the scripted. I I do have it written down and in front of me. Uh, they have the same accoutrements like as earlier, except they have a little dish of butters. Two waters, two coffees. In front of Adrian is like a burger with like a bite taken out of it and like a little dip and a bunch of french fries. In front of Uh them is a whole pizza with two slices taken out of it. (laughs) Next to that is a full bread basket. Either either (laughs) they didn't touch it or it was just brought back. Uh, In front of Lucas is a full thing of pasta. A big plate too. Uh, Next to him is a small soup or gravy. Uh... Next to that, it looks like a breakfast. It's like toast, eggs, bacon. And then (laughs) on the other side of the pasta is like a full steak and potatoes. (laughs) Steak, potatoes, carrots. And I believe that this is breakfast. This is breakfast. This is assumed to be like it's golden light outside. So it's it's in the morning at least. Uh, Uh, Adrian, my new friend, let me take you out to... Let me take you out to the cafe. Time for a hearty breakfast before we go to school. Let's eat all our square meals. A burger, fries, pizza, pasta, steak dinner, and a basket of bread rolls. He is trying to impress this guy. Uh, <laughs> I ordered every food, Adrian. You, I know you like food sometimes. Try any of these. <laughs> Do you want a lady in the tramp this pasta? I'm down. And yeah, what Adrian does is when he sees the vial, is he like gets up and leaves. And I'm like, my dude, this guy ordered all this food and you uh-huh. took a bite of your burger and a couple fries and you're leaving. Uh, and then he, Lucas this follows is so after detailed. Him. He's got a little ramekin of dip. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much care and attention put into this unnecessary food. Somebody just wanted to draw food. They didn't yeah. stop at the eggs. <laughs> They're like, we just need, what, two meals for this scene? Can I make like um, like three more? <laughs> <laughs> for extra credit. Yeah, for extra credit. Could I get paid by the hour a little bit longer if I have give them a pizza and breakfast and steak? Please. 
But yeah, so Lucas or Adrian gets up and leave, and Lucas is like frazzled and like, well, but I, I still want to spend time with you, and like throws like money down and like comes after oh. him, and I'm like, oh, that's so wasteful. I'm right. oh, and he grabs something and shoves it in his mouth. Yeah, I'll take one bread. I'll take one bread to go. Uh, but yeah. That's my rant about the dinner. <laughs> <laughs> it was incredible. Like, I think I I was watching this and taking notes, and, like, my brain just realized uh, a lot of food on the plate to write notes down. Did not pay attention to that's a, a pizza for breakfast. <laughs> Steak for breakfast. Pizza for breakfast? Pizza, fu- pizza puff cereal. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. So, yeah, anyway, ba- back at a big boss mansion. Uh, the lakey moo kind of meets Jose, who I wrote is just down as Grubby Dib. Uh, yeah. And, oh yeah, Lucas catches up to Adrian and he's like, maybe you should give it to her like next time you see her. And he's like, no. And then there's like five full seconds of silence while they keep walking. <laughs> and then the scene changes. <laughs> uh, Lucas Later like, that night. Yeah, go ahead. I, I I might have missed something. My next note is that later it's later that night, um, and Adrian goes home to his uh, European apartment, which is entirely in like soft focus, dark blue light, and mm-hmm. we see. I think this is the reveal that these are the same character. Uh, yes. He does like a hair flip. He pulls his hair down and whips his head around. He just it, it, Cyber Six is here now. Yeah, and he, he says, or no, it's Cyber Six. She says. Uh, five fingers, a heart, but I'm not like them. I don't need friends. Do I? I have to help him <laughs> like he helped me. Like very experienced at having conversations with herself. Uh-huh. Um, uh, oh, it's at some point, uh, the mooks tore apart Lucas's apartment, and Adrian just says, hey, next time, why don't you just give her the vial? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh... Yeah, Jose sends a bunch of these fixed ideas to attack Lucas's apartment because they saw Cyber Six go up there like the night before. Um, but Jose learns that this, the identity of this this antagonist he sees, she's got like Cyber Six labeled on her arm. Yeah, and he's like, oh no, that's that's Cyber Six. <laughs> and like, there's a fight, and they escape, and then it's just Lucas left there with a pile of papers. And he throws the papers over his shoulder, and he's like, okay, I guess that's it for homework tonight. <laughs> uh but yeah lucas overhears them say that they're going to go to the warehouse uh and we see uh jose oh yeah this is where that we get the jose calling the mooks mutants back at the warehouse they're talking to the men and they're trying to get them to load money into the cars and yeah they kidnapped that old guy at the beginning because he is a a money printer and they i guess they like stole the equipment and like they needed his know-how to like run the equipment and uh and and falsify all this money Mm -hmm. also there at the warehouse there's a number of barrels uh that are clearly flammable because they are labeled flam (laughs) like like not like that's the start of the word and then it curls around the rest of the barrel and we can't see it no clearly labeled f-l-a-m-m flam don't open the flam inside. <laughs> uh, so yeah, at the warehouse, uh, there Jose is talking to all the mutants, and while he's doing that, Cyber Six kind of like Batman's down, 
and like gets like a moment with the two guys and like kind of shushes and points at the door and then while they're running away she starts the fight <laughs> there's a fight she starts it uh yeah at, at some point uh the building catches on fire probably the flam and <laughs> it's the flam that'll do it the fl- that flam will do it to you uh and jose and a mutant get in the truck and start to drive away and the warehouse explodes and while that's happening uh lucas is coming in hot and causes the van to swerve and jose and the mutant jump out but the van uh dives into the dock and and falls uh into the water Mm -hmm. and there's like a nice like touching moment with uh cyrus x and lucas where he, he he does the you know honest thing like hey who are you uh what's your name and mm-hmm. and are you are you gonna tell me anything about you and she says nothing steps back and jumps away uh, <laughs> throughout the series it's not like with batman where batman will like deflect questions about him with like questions about the mystery at hand or something like yeah. that she will go silent and just leave <laughs> which yeah. is not the best tactic for making friends and, does, does Lucas uh, even learn that she is called Cyber Six? Like, does he hear he, a villain yell that at her? He must, because I think he calls her that by the next episode. Okay. Uh, or at least he knows how to address her. I don't know if he addressed her as that, but he does address her. Um, but yeah, and then we see a, a cut to a shadowy big bad. Uh, Von Richter's is like, Cyber Six is alive, one of my most failed experiments. Uh, and then they dramatic pose and the episode ends. Um, and the end credits is like a is a, another ballad and a, yeah. a clip show a clip show with spoilers in it uh huh did you watch the, the clips in the end um I, I i approximately did but i don't recall them well do you want to hear what the spoiler is oh sure yeah uh at the end of the credits in one of the, like the boxes with the clips in it uh cyber six and lucas kiss Oh, good. Good for the two yeah. of them. Which, I, I I guess I'll get into this right now. Uh, I like that Lucas is both actively flirting, like, and, like, falling in love with Cyber Six, but also probably, like, honestly attracted to Adrian and constantly yes. trying to ask him out. Yeah! This is how, this is a, a major point at the beginning of this next episode. Uh, yes. So the next one we watched, episode three, Tara... Um, well, mm-hmm. it starts with a spooky cyber Tara, castle. This is when Tara shows up and Beast Boy falls in love and <laughs> you find out it was Slade controlling her the whole time. This is also what I thought of. <laughs> <laughs> There's one iconic Tara in cartoons. Yes. So we're at this anyway, spooky sorry. cyber castle. It's got tubes, big yeah. glowing green tubes with experiments in them. It's very reminiscent of Mewtwo's castle. Yeah, absolutely. But no, this... These are where this is where this evil scientist lives, and he's made uh, Tara is the name of this living mud goo. He's made this <laughs> yeah. living mud goo, and he's going to give it Jose's brainwaves uh, and give it Jose's form. So he's got this clone son, and then he's going to make a mud clone of the clone son, <laughs> uh, and he does that. And Jose's real excited. He he thinks this is his son. He's like, now how is my little mud pie son? And then he sees it, and he thinks it's ugly, and he's mad that it isn't bigger. <laughs> yeah. 
He doesn't get that. No, dude, it's you. <laughs> Have you ever looked in a mirror? Uh, and then we go to the high school uh, and Lucas is working on some experiment in his classroom after hours. And Adrian walks by and asks what he's doing. It's like, oh, you got an experiment going. Uh, and Lucas says, hey, do you want to see a movie tonight? And Adrian asks what's playing. And he says, a romance. And he winks. Yes. He is trying to ask Adrian out. Right. He's like, I do love this. I do love this conundrum of he loves these two people and doesn't realize they're the same person. Yes. Uh, in another episode, because uh, this is only a first uh, episode one, episode three. And in another episode, he sees Cyber Six going into Adrian's apartment and like confronts him about like, why won't you tell me about your girlfriend? Clearly, that's your <laughs> Yes. And Adrian's like, it's not, she's not, it's not like that. It's it's a different situation. And he's like, well, why don't you tell me? And she's, he's like, you won't, you won't understand. And he's like, try me, respect me enough to tell me. And yeah. it's, they, they, it drives a fork in them that episode. A fork drives a wedge in them that episode. Uh, <laughs> I, I like that Lucas is. All he wants is the truth. Like, he's not yeah. nosy. He just wants to know what is going on at any moment. He He's a little nosy at the beginning when he follows a superhero and asks to help. He's, uh-huh. a, little, he's a little incredible, <laughs> yeah. but... Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, after that, when they're just like... In the later episode, there's a bird problem in the city. And I kind of regret not picking that episode. <laughs> a bird um, problem. But like, uh, what Cyber is Six, the problem? Are there just too many birds? That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> there's birds outside. Don't go outside. There's birds. And Cyber Six and Lucas are like trapped in his apartment, and they're just like stuck in there for like days, and they're just like planning <laughs> it out and like escape through the sewers <laughs> together. So like, clearly they work together. Like at some uh-huh. point. So, uh. <laughs> Well, I, I also don't want to. I don't want to get to Cyber Six's uh, assistant until we, they're introduced later in this episode. Oh but, yes, yes. So yeah, he works with that assistant. So clearly, they, they uh-huh. work together to a degree. But yeah, I yes. love uh, by icon Lucas. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, it did remind me of on Kingdom Smarts whenever they talk about the Mulan portions of Kingdom Hearts and they refer to bisexual icon Li Shang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it is, except well, except they didn't exist at the same time. There was Ping yeah. and then there was Mulan. Uh, mm. Whereas this guy is like, well, I'm, I'm romantically interested in, in uh, Cyber Six. But I wanna I wanna date my 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 teacher friend. Right. He's just looking for dates. And everyone yeah. is like, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> Poor Lucas. Poor Lucas. He's so sweet too. Uh, my next note is that later that night, um, I don't know oh, what happens in between uh getting asked I, out to go to the movies. But I have a little, uh, a little note. Uh-huh. I have a little note. Little. At one at one point, Jose, in order to make Terra big, puts five of the mutants in tubes in order to ad- induce it uh, into Terra. And uh-huh. he, when he throws the lever, he says, let it rip like a Beyblade. 
And I'm like, did this this came before Beyblade or did this come after Beyblade? I think it came out before. I... But in the moment, I'm like, oh, what a fun in joke. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Terra is now Great. like a, no. like an amorphous blob. Oh my god, I googled Beyblade and one of the top suggested questions is, is Beyblade old? (laughs) Not how old is Beyblade? Is Beyblade old? And what is Um, is the answer? The toys, uh, along with its debut series, which I guess may be the anime, first released in Japan in July 1999. Oh, It's around the same time. Around the same year, I think this uh, series itself <laughs> aired in September. It was like September to October, uh, just like a two-month run for Cyber 6. So, interesting. Hmm. I wonder if, is it the same studio, maybe, making a joke? I, uh, <laughs> I don't know, but that's interesting. So, another suggested question is, who is the oldest Beyblade? <laughs> 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 Who is it? Uh, it says the very first Beyblade product released was Ultimate Dragon. Uh, Ultimate Dragoon, <laughs> renamed by Hasbro oh. as Spin Dragoon during July 1999. They made his name Ben? Like Benjamin? <laughs> it was Ultimate Dragoon, and then Hasbro called it Spin Dragoon? Oh, Spin. I thought you're like, okay, this is Ultimate Dragoon, but we need to market him to, to people. He needs to have a we'll civilian ben name. Dragoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ben Dragoon. That- Detective P.I. <laughs> I'll, I'll spin uh, that caper closed. <laughs> Later this night, I don't know what she's been out doing, but Cyber 6 comes home. She comes home to her her sad blue apartment, uh, and she and in one motion she like takes off the her glasses, t- t- like takes off the Adrian glasses, tousles the hair, and then like suddenly appears at Cyber Six and suddenly has lipstick on. Just how to like once the hair is flipped, the lipstick is there automatically. Uh, then yeah. she sits on a windowsill and she stares out at the moon, um, and she asks, "What would it be like?" To go out with Lucas and like imagines them dancing. Yeah, it's like a nice little like daydream. Uh, yeah. yeah, she she like p- puts herself up on a roof and she's looking at like a dress store, and uh, her assistant uh, walks by and behind her, it's a puma. It's a, it's a large black uh, cat of prey. Uh, I th- a panther, perhaps. Oh, a panther, maybe. I think pumas are sandy colored. I don't know all the types of big cats. But yeah, just suddenly out of nowhere in this vaguely French small town, a panther walks out along the roof and she's like, hey, bud. Hey, dude. Uh, Just thinking about a guy I'd like to date. How are you, my panther friend? (laughs) At some point she calls her, she calls it something seven. And I thought she said Dave. I thought she said Dave seven. (laughs) It's Data 7. Data 7, but in my notes, it's Dave. (laughs) (laughs) I I like that. This is my Panther Dave. (laughs) Imagine if if Data and Dave were interchangeable names and we'd watch Star Trek The Next Generation and Picard would have to go talk to Mr. Dave. (laughs) 
<laughs> Mel, have you seen the new Buddy Cop movie, Dave Panther and Ben Dragoon? So, uh, Lucas is going to the movie alone. <laughs> right! The movie is called Love is True, and he's standing in a long line in front of the single ticket booth alone. Uh, alone and there's like yeah. a little there's like a little girl and her mom in the line in front of him. The girl kind of smiles at him and like offers him a candy. <laughs> Almost yeah, as if like... to highlight his his solitude. Yeah, it's it's a very little sweet moment. Uh, but then he sees something out of the corner of his eye. A little shimmery puddle uh, that suddenly becomes a very mud-colored puddle uh, that tries to swipe the girl. Uh, and then Lucas, like, knocks her out of the way, and then it swipes the little girl and the mom together. And it's Tara. Tara has taken, like, bipedal form. It's like a big... It's like Clayface. It's like mm. uh, beige uh, with the same, like, black mark and, like, orange eyes. But it's got, like, a yeah. little, like, delightful grin on its face. Because it doesn't yes. quite understand what's going on. It's just like, ooh. Right. I love the design of Tara and how much personality comes across through Tara. Yeah. Uh, and when, what does uh, what does Lucas do? He grabs one of those little, like, tape stands. What do you call uh, the them? Stan- I think they're called stanchions. Those things that have, re- like, red velvet ropes between them. I think that yeah. thing is called a stanchion. Yeah, he grabs a stanchion and starts, like, whacking its leg with it, but it's scoop. It's not doing anything. So he, like... Yeah. He, like... I think uh, Tara goes and grabs it and looks at it with the same smile as, like, the mother and daughter. And is like, wow, look at this. This is cool. He (laughs) thinks everything is a toy. So, like, Lucas then picks up another one. And Tara looks at the stanchion and is like, wow, I want another one of these things to play with. So it drops the mom and the kid so that it can pick up a second stanchion and wave it around. <laughs> and it's just sitting there with two stanchions like, wow, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I love to be alive. I love to be alive. I have two stanchions. <laughs> uh, and then Cyber Six throws another stanchion. <laughs> Yeah, she stopped daydreaming about the dress, and her and Dave Seven show up. Uh, they're going to fight Tara. And um, Jose shows up, and he uses Tara to conduct electricity and, like, shock Cyber Six through Tara. Mm-hmm. And then a, like, magic pink Glinda the Good Witch bubble, like, comes yeah. out of Cyber Six, and it touches Tara, and it hurts it. I don't yeah, know what it, that was. It like wigs out and like, yeah, drops her. And yeah, Tara like shrinks down back to like a uh, like normal, like just above head height uh, and like ch- kind of stretches its neck out. And it just says love <laughs> like it like yeah. Cyber Six released the power of love in that moment. And... Yeah, well, Tara sees Lucas like kind of reach out to Cyber Six, maybe like help her up if she's fallen down or something like that. And like, Tara looks sad and says, "Love, what is love?" love? And like <laughs> gloops away very sadly. There's another sort of confrontation 
where Lucas is like, hey, Cyber Six, do you want help? I would really like to, to help you on a more regular basis. Again, he's really incredible this situation. Uh, <laughs> yes. And he says, are you afraid for me? You don't have to be. I can help. I can be whatever you need. He's really sweet. I loved. I love Lucas. Yeah, yeah. Like, no ego. He doesn't think no, he can do this yeah. better than anybody else. He's just like, it looks like you could use any extra pair of hands. I have it's hands. Not, <laughs> it's not you need me. It's would you like me? Yes. <laughs> just and really making sure. I'm going to keep asking you. You sure you don't, gonna, you, won't, you want hands? Yeah, this this is always on the table. This, never, this yes. offer is never not on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Jose uh, has captured Terra. They're back at the, their Mewtwo castle. And it's like, <laughs> why did you let Cyber Six go? And Terra communicates like that it didn't want Cyber Six to be hurt, which is very sweet. Yeah. And they've the, Jose and his goons have got Terra like trapped. And so Terra, this sort of like bipedal mud monster looking like a Scooby-Doo villain, they've got it <laughs> trapped under like an electro cage that it can't escape from. But it's sitting on a chair. They gave this mud monster a chair and it's a normal wooden dining chair, which was very yeah. funny to me. In the middle of all <laughs> these sci-fi fantasy elements. <laughs> See, no, not a special chair. Regular. Chair Regular for chair. any human. Mud monster gets also. We don't have special chairs for mud monsters. We didn't make that. That chair can handle goop, no problem. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> Wipes Jose... clean with a damp cloth. <laughs> so Jose prepares to make Terra more menacing by yes. uh, leading Terra above this like it's like this room that they like hollowed out, dug a pit, and filled it with this big green goop uh, that's yeah. holding all these monsters in their tubes. And uh, Terra is in the cage, like kind of swinging above the goop, and plugged into the goop is uh, one of those uh, big green canisters with a, a full bear in it, and one that right. has a full an octopus in it, and they're just hooked yeah, up to so the goop. This is the plan. There's a bunch of these strong, intense, predatory animals, like the kings of the natural world that are like hooked up to this green goo vat and they're going to like charge the vat with their electricity of being intense animals. So there's just like <laughs> bare energy plugged into this green goo. And it's like, we're going to dump the mud monster in here and then he's really going to be scary. Yeah, he like, he falls in and he like, you know, holds his head as he like grows, like he grows like, claws but also like eye stalks that i that yeah. have eyes that aren't his they're just <laughs> vestigial eyes uh <laughs> and it's it's it, he just comes out like an amorphous monster like crawls out like okay mm. i'm ready for monster put me to work yeah meanwhile uh i think at one point cyber six has gone to the mansion she's sneaking around outside and she looks through the window to like its dining room or whatever and there's over the mantle this giant portrait of Jose, but it's him making a face where like he's got his eyelid pulled down and his tongue sticking out. Yeah, which and is the funny only thing to in the me room. because 
Right. And it's huge. It is like a zoom in directly on his face. Like you can't see like his torso or like anything behind him. It's so funny to me because traditionally that would be an oil painting, not a photograph. (laughs) It's the idea that he posed for an oil painting like that. uh, And it's like six foot by six foot and it goes in their formal dining room. (laughs) (laughs) But she goes in there but doesn't find a dining party. Uh, as she goes into the room and sneaks around, mud starts to drip from the ceiling and close down all the walls. Mm-hmm. And she's about to get like sucked into like a big mud pod, except she breaks through the door at the last second and ends up in the uh, pool goop room where they, we just were. Mm-hmm. And then runs across and goes through another door and winds up in a tower with like barred windows and a big spiral staircase along the outside or along the, you know, along the walls, I should say. And yeah, uh, Tara is just kind of like behind her, just like chasing her up the wall. And Jose outside like sets the fu- like tower on fire. And it's like, great, I'll lose my uh, goop son and I'll lose my mortal enemy. It's a win-win, guys. <laughs> right. I never liked my mud son. Not handsome enough. <laughs> yeah, he's just going to set the entire building on fire to kill both of them. He doesn't care. And he says, welcome to my little cyber barbecue. <laughs> And me across town, Lucas is just like in his apartment and he like sees fire and smoke (laughs) from across town. A fire. Right. And he doesn't know explicitly what it is, but he looks at it and knows in his heart and he says, she's in trouble. (laughs) And he opens the door and and Dave is outside and he does a little little rarer and and he's like, come on, we got to go. She's in trouble. I saw a fire. (laughs) It must be Cyber Six. Don't worry, her panther, her her sentient, her panther is smart enough to think and wait outside my door for me. Like like it knows I must go to her. No, it's it's outside her door because earlier in the episode, uh, she told it to make sure Lucas doesn't leave his apartment. Make sure he doesn't help me. Right, and instead, uh, Data Seven's like. No, no, well, no, well, now that there's a fire, of course we both have to go. <laughs> if we're talking fire, we, you're going to need help. Uh, mm. But yeah, Cyber Six is in trouble. She's been chased to the top of this tower. Tara's got her in his in his clutches while all this fire is, uh, you know, billowing around them. And another like little Glinda orb comes out of her chest and goes into his. And he like starts like struggling with his monster side, which is cool because like his uh, like original face comes out and is like love cyber six, and then it yeah. gets pulled in by his monster face and gets like physically like struggling with himself, uh, and then he kind of like they he cyber, oh yeah cyber six gives him a hug, uh, yeah. and a single. <laughs> A single tear drops from her cheek and lands on Tara, and he glows blue and becomes good again. Right. Again, this place looks like Mewtwo's castle. This is Mewtwo's castle magic. If you cry, the thing will be fixed. Uh, <laughs> she, she hugs Oh, Tara the cable's says, broken. Better go cry on it. <laughs> she hugs Tara and says, I feel sorry for you. Yeah, uh, and then it's... and then ta- they're they're friends. They they learn love from each other. And then Tara, re- the, the, the building's still on fire. We're still in the oh, middle yeah. of the cyber barbecue. And Tara realizes it is mud. It can like extinguish flames, but that will like Cyber Six can survive, but Tara will will destroy himself. 
Yeah, he sacrifices himself bit by bit to make a path. And then once they're outside, he uses his entire body to put out the flames. It's, this is tragic. This is tragic on a level. I was reminded of Bunny. Oh, yeah, from Powerpuff (laughs) Girls. Yes, yes. Yeah. Not Bugs, not Lola, Bunny. Bunny Utonium. Bunny Utonium. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very sweet. And Cyrus Six is like weeping and like mourning him. Yeah. And then Lucas oh. shows up with Dave. And <laughs> Lucas Lucas reads the room, kind of gives her a moment. And then when she gets up and goes to walk away, he just says, Will I ever understand what is going on? <laughs> but not in a not in a like I I'm going to push past what the mood is yeah. and make make it my turn to like be yeah. angry about something he just says it deadpan well I, I yeah he's not what's going on yeah he's not angry he's just sort of wistful about it he's yeah. kind of accepted three episodes in i guess this is my life i'll always go and save her and she'll never tell me what's going on so oh, she says maybe someday but not today and leaves mm-hmm uh, and that's the end of the episode, but there's one final line I, I want to mm. highlight, which is when Tara extinguishes the flames, Jose is outside shouting, my beautiful fire! Who is putting out my beautiful fire? <laughs> that's right. Ever, like Him and the mutants were laying down the wood, but he mm. like placed the last log and set the fire. Yes. And, like, him and the mutants did like a little like dance because they were so like, yes, we did it. There's no way she can get out. Oh no, uh, she got out. Oh no, she got out. Uh, and yeah, she's like, maybe maybe someday, but not today. And her and Dave Seven walk off into the sunrise. Uh, and I, I took a note here. I This is where the episode ends, but I really would have liked an epilogue where Adrian yeah. and Lucas do go to the movies. Like, yes! Something to like kind of like tie that off, even if it's not... It, like an implied romantic thing even though it's it's mm. an, it's a romantic yeah thing. yeah uh like even if it's just like them like yeah i'll go to the movies with you like maybe not romance but we'll watch something uh mm-hmm. but yeah that would have been a great tie to that plot but no yeah um but yeah that's uh that's cyber six this was delightful to learn of. It's mm-hmm. visually so striking. I love the designs for both Cyber Six and Adrian. They both look like such dream aesthetics for somebody. I'm happy oh, those absolutely. visuals are out there. And I I was struck by how emotionally sincere the show is mm-hmm. with how preposterous the situations are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the character design is top-notch. The the art direction is so cool. Their their hair is great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this would be great cosplay material. I yeah, I really want I kept watching episodes after uh the two that we uh took notes on. Cause I just wanted more Adrian and Lucas time. Like yeah. I just like skipped through each episode until I've got a Lucas and Adrian scene. Uh mm-hmm. and they're they're just so cute. Yes. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I I want I'll, I might go out and read the comic. I probably won't watch the live action show, uh, but yeah, I might see if I can finish the series because I actually uh, I really like these characters and I want them to be happy. Yes, but yeah, go watch Cyber Six. It's on. This is on YouTube. At least the yeah. first six episodes that I could find. 
But yeah, highly, highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Next time on the show, my pick is that we are going to watch the anime Revolutionary Girl Utena. I remember reading this, uh, reading about this in old Anamerica magazines. Yeah. How I learned most things between the ages of 10 and like 13. Uh, and I've always wanted to check it out. It's always seemed like such a cool concept to me. I love the designs. And this is a show about a girl who had uh, like this sort of fairy tale romantic encounter with a prince when she was young where this prince was like I, I give you this ring I will find you again in the future and she grows up thinking that guy was so cool I want to be a prince not I want to be a boy but I want to be a prince Yeah. and she goes to this private school that has this like weird like regal hierarchy to it and she like defeats the head of the student council and the student council has like a rose bride you just get this wife if you're head of the student council and she sword fights him and she beats him and they're like this wife is yours now it's i've never seen it i've only read about it and like seen Uh images of it i'm very excited to dive into this world yeah this is on crunchyroll subbed and dubbed what episodes are we watching um, and maybe the first two. I already watched the first episode. I'm gonna see how the second episode is, or maybe I'll maybe I'll find an interesting looking one in the middle. Uh, okay. And I'm I'm gonna watch it dubbed just because it makes it much easier for me to take notes. Okay, I uh, I'll I'll see what fits better. I might do dubbed mm-hmm. or I might do subbed for the alternate view. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Thank you uh, for recommending it for for giving it for mm-hmm. the next episode for Pride Month. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, This was a wonderful episode. And if you would like to give us any recommendations on other shows to watch, if you would like to talk about the show, find us on Twitter. Maybe by now I've got the Discord up and running. That'll be, there'll be Mm. a link to that on Twitter. And yeah, go check it out. Give us a five-star rating review wherever you can review podcasts. Give us a screenshot. We'll read it on, on the next show. And yeah, uh, Thanks so much for listening. If you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Jams Wilk. Mel? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other show, The Review Show. This is on the Whatnots network of podcasts. Whatnots spelled like astronaut. And every week we talk about a different movie or a season of a TV show or a couple volumes of a comic or a season of an audio drama, all kinds of entertainment. And yeah, at the end of every month, we have one longer running thing that we do follow through all the way to the end. Uh, and right now it's French. In the past, we've done other things. We did uh, Leftovers, To Halt and Catch Fire, to The Venture Brothers, many, many a variety. We read the manga Knights of Sidonia earlier this year. You can find a lot. Uh, and also I'm on the Captain's Log, which is our weekly nonsense off-topic chat show. This week, we Kyle drank an alcoholic Mountain Dew, and we talked a lot about candles. Hell yeah. Mountain Dew candle? We, <laughs> that seems inevitable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, go check that out on the Captain's Log. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I forgot to, I realized I forgot to mention, uh, the show's Twitter is at SaturdayMOPod, and mm. our email is SaturdayMOPod at gmail.com. Send us an email or send us a tweet uh, if, for any recommendations or if you want to be on the guest on the show. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and don't forget to relax, kick back, it's Saturday.
It's Saturday. Someday, but not today. <laughs> <laughs> 